Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for The Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time, a celebratory Stop Hammer Time for the game that we won at the weekend. Although that was a game that I didn't see because in a strange quirk of irony, I had swapped places with Wolverhampton Wanderers and I was up in the West Midlands uh, doing an info show, though I wasn't defeated heavily and subsequently fired my manager. Though that's that's actually not a bad idea. Perhaps I should fire my manager. But um, uh, here to discuss that game with me uh, are uh, radio producer and podcast creator Mark Sandell. Good evening, Mark. You were not at the game either. No, I think we're going to be leaning very heavily on your other guest. Phil. We are very much so. Uh, luckily, we have with us uh, a favourite guest of the podcast. It is um, a writer, journalist uh, about uh, tech and video game uh, matters, uh, but former music journalist, as we were just discussing before we switched the microphones on. Uh, it is Dan Silver. Hello, Hello. Dan. Thanks Hello. for bailing us out. Um, well, I, don't, I don't even know the score. I did I wonder why I got the call. Now I found out. <laughs> That's right. We had you followed and found out that you went to the game. Um, no, but uh, so what was it like? Was it good? Um, well, good is probably stretching it. We won. And yeah. I think that was the most important thing. Um, yeah, it was all about the result as Bruno Lager found out um and I think if we'd have lost that game then I think well Moyes wouldn't have been sat I think he could have made quite a good argument for it Wolves were shocking they had obviously uh big injuries in in defense uh Ruben Neves playing as a emergency center back 
when they needed a goal, the only thing they could find was 108-year-old Diego Costa, who they mm. kind of pushed on to to wobble around. I mean, if we had have lost that game, I think it would have been in, in extremely uh, dire straits for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. We won, and that's all that really counts. But I think the performance was... I mean, it was a tough watch at times. I mean, we were at home. We had 39% of the possession, I think. Um, You know, Moyes perhaps understandably went back to what he knows. You know, he's obviously been trying a few different things already this season. Uh, He went back to, you know, a very low block, giving up possession, trying to hit on the counter. And it worked. So, Mm. um, and I'm sure we're going to see a bit more of that against Fulham and probably a bit more of that against Southampton until he gets the results and the momentum and the confidence in the players to then try and, and start experimenting again and turn us into that expansive football playing team that I think he really wants to, but hasn't quite managed to yet. No, no. I, you know, they, they, that I've said it before on the podcast, we went to the Aston Villa game, which again, we won. In the first half of that game was some of the worst football I've ever seen us play. It was so, it was so nervy because the, you know, your prime directive in that game was to not lose, for God's sake, and, you know, hopefully win it. And, uh, you know, Nervy just didn't describe it. Emerson was thrown on kind of as a wing-back, but it really didn't advance past the halfway line because I think he was worried about his defensive duties. And I think he, he was absolutely caught between a rock and a hard place. Rice was absolutely appalling and holding his hands up. It was everyone else's fault. Then we, because we'd gone in a sort of nil-nil, I think. We just came out and played with a bit more freedom. We'd sort of got through 45 minutes without conceding and then we played a little better. And and I'm sure that game at the weekend, yeah, must, you know, nerves must have played a part in it. You just, because you also don't know whether you're nervous or not, whether it's literally nervous, you're kind of institutionally nervous because you don't know how to play. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think there was a bit of that. But you could see uh, you know, when Skamaka Skamaka I thought had a, a very good game, but he started a little bit like he was trying a little bit too hard, trying to force it. Yeah. Um when when his goal went in, you could see the confidence flow into him. Yeah, yeah. You could almost see the aura around him. And and then I think we started seeing what a player he could become. Yeah. Um I think the chance that he missed early on, the rebound from Bowen. Um oh, yeah. they he was they just dinked it over and and yeah. missed the goal. And it's like, you know, that's a chance you would expect a striker of that ability to score in yeah, his yeah. sleep. But I think, you know, he probably was asleep when he tried it. But yeah. after after he scored that that fantastic goal, you know, suddenly he was spraying the ball around. Yeah. He was holding up. He was being yeah. able to to link up with the with the players around him. And you know, we are gonna need, I think, some ugly, ugly wins. Yeah, yeah. To build up that confidence again that we can play football and that yeah. we can. So, Mark, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was I was going to say that when you, you mentioned the Villa game and um, that was, a, you know, a very, it was a narrow win on another day, Villa would have won that. Nottingham Forest on another day, we would have won that. Yeah, yeah. And despite the golf, you know, that it was 2-0 and appeared to be quite comfortable, Wolves started well. I mean, you know, again, on, on another day, they take a couple yeah. of those early chances. There were some bizarre skewed chances in the, in that first 10, 15 minutes. 
So we've come away with two wins out of those three games. On another day, it could have been the other way around. It didn't yes, feel like absolutely. we were head and shoulders the better team. Yeah. And I think you're right, Dan, that, yeah, Moyes would have come under pressure had we lost uh, had we lost that game. And you're right, of course, I don't think he would have gone. But he would have come under pressure, particularly as he'd done what a lot of people have asked him to do, is play out, play those new players. Yeah. There was no sign of downs, um, and he doesn't seem to want to play Antonio and Skamaka together. Um, but we, you know, most of the noise in the run up to this game was play Skamaka, yeah. um, you know, and 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 he did, and he played Corne to start with. It's a shame that he got injured. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I know he's Moise is not, you know, I can't believe Moise is scanning Twitter, but you know, well he might do, but um, you know, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got a team to do that for him. Yeah, but if, if he was, he did respond to what a lot of people wanted. Yeah, him to. So I think had he lost having done that. It, it would be a bit like when Sam Allardyce played all the kids in the cup game and then yeah. you know, turned around to the fans and went, there you go, that's why I don't play them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've spent, uh, you know, I certainly feel I've spent a lot of time kind of moaning about the venom directed towards sort of Moyes in the first few games of this season. Um, uh, and very often he does eventually do what we want him to do, but he does it when he's good and ready and, you know, he has his reasons and... Uh, um, you know, he f- must feel that it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing to throw these players in. When, you know, it, so was it Pellegrini? It was a few games before Yarmolenko started, but he put him in a game that he thought, this is your game, son. And I think it was the Everton game and he scored in it. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's, it's often a good thing to sort of, you know, I think Bowen got his debut in a sort of winnable game might have even scored in it, but certainly performed really well. It was either Southampton or Bournemouth. 3-1 against Southampton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you could see that there's some thinking there. It gives a player confidence to if you put them in. You know, Skamaka has been playing in Europe, in those European yep. games, straight in. Kera went straight, got off the plane and went straight into a game of football uh, in the um, Conference Cup. So, you know, it's not that he doesn't, you know, Kara's just been, went straight in. Paqueta went straight in. So it's not like he's, you know, just um, pathologically averse to no. starting new players. Although I think if you spend 50-odd million on a player, then yeah, you probably expect- do want to get an yes. early return if you can. Yes. Um, I think that thing about Skamaka getting confidence would be really good. We 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 haven't lost, I don't think, when, we, when he started, I think. No. Um, and, you know, that goal will do him some good. As you say, he's, he's been playing for Italy and been playing very well. Mm. Um, and, and it worked out well, was it because Antonio would uh, have been on duty with Jamaica, wouldn't he? So, it, again, yeah. it kind of, it, it sort of made sense. And and I think one of the things I really like about Skamaka is, firstly, what he brings out in Bowen, I think, is he's, mm. he seems to have helped to revitalise Jared Bowen, who by his high standards uh, hasn't been as great. And the other thing, I like his patience. I just like the fact that when he... When he gets the ball, he's not—he's not in a hurry to. You no. know, he, he has a—he has belief in his ability to look for the pass, to look for the, you know, and it was his assist effectively that led to Bowen's goal as well, wasn't it? I mean, it was just lovely. Yes. Was a, and I and I think that's what we seem to—we've got an all rounder here, if you saw him, rather than a, just a, a big target man with. Tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you know, I think that and I think that's crucial as well, isn't it? Because he isn't—he's uh, done something a couple of times where he's, you know. Um, at the weekend, it was Dawson's, you know, 
headed clearance that wasn't intended to go anywhere, just away from our goal, that he picked up in that kind of no man's land between the centre circle and the penalty area, uh, which meant he could sort of trap it and play a pass to Bowen. And once in one of the Europe games, he sort of headed it from that position out to an intended target uh, running along the flank, you know, and... um, uh, you know, the, the frustration with Allardyce, his 4-5-1, is that he wanted that person to be a target man and the ball would be directed towards the top of their head when they were near the penalty spot. And so it would just be cleared up by some hulking central defender or caught by the goalkeeper or or would just la- bounce off the top of their head and then we've got to try and win the second ball. And that's what, you know, Allardyce's p- positions of maximum opportunity was all about. Uh, you know, it was this kind of lottery of, you know, luck and whether you win the second ball or not. Um so um yeah no I like it I, I you know he obviously likes to be part of the build up play as well as getting on the end of things definitely and uh, you know and I think it's the the way as you say the way he brings other players in and all of that and I think maybe there is an argument for the way that he's that he's been phased in and it is and I can't you know when when Skamaka quite early on in the first half had a shot that was probably still bouncing around in the Olympic Park you know yeah. Uh, some hapless tourists sort of, you know, caught it after, yeah. you know, and I, I felt like at the time the camera should have just switched to see what Michael Antonio, you know, what his face looked like at that particular time. Yeah. But I think it's been really good for Antonio. And, and one of the, one of the excellent things about the game, even though, as we pointed out, I wasn't there, but um, is when what we've always talked about is depth of squad. And when you think of the players that came on, you yeah, know, whether it whether it's Emerson or Ben Rama or Antonio or Fornells when Cornet was injured, mm. I mean that's yeah. We how many how many times we watched West Ham and looked at someone else's bench and said they will give us a game. Ah, you know we we are looking like we've got some some depth now. Yes, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, did um did Cornet's injury look sort of serious, Dan? Um, it was. I mean, it was hard to tell from my vantage point at the top of the Billy Bonds, yeah. uh, but um, hopefully not. Although he does seem to have an, a, a quite a worrying habit of picking up knocks during oh, really? games. I mm. think this is a, a few that he's he's had to to kind of go off. He got injured um, winning a penalty the other week, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm still. I don't know. I think the, the jury is a bit out on on Corno for me. He's clearly very very talented, and I think he's actually leading the team in in assists if you count Europe as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what his best position is. I'm not a hundred percent convinced Moyes knows what his best position is, and uh, he's, I think he wants to play him further forward up the pitch. Um, yeah than the kind of wing-back roles that he, he kind of made his, his name in. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know about Corner. I think he needs a, a, a proper run and so we can get a proper look at him and Moyes can, can really start getting the best out of him. But, obviously, we need him to stay fit to do that. Yeah. The, the danger is, I suppose, because he played very much as, as an out-and-out striker for Burnley, didn't he, towards, mm-hmm. towards, to, towards the end there of, of, of his time there. Um, and, you know, I think the worry for him might be that he ends up being a kind of impact sub that we all get excited about with 20 minutes to go, as yeah. as in a way Ben Rama has become a little... Well, yeah. certainly at times of his time, he's looked like that as well. He's clearly got talent, and it was a shame, you think, the goal that wasn't allowed against Chelsea. I don't yeah. know, again, you talked to Dan, 
saying about confidence with Skamaka, how good that would have been for Corner. Mm. Well, and Corner uh, just before that in that Chelsea game hit the post as well. Yeah. You know, in fact, really should have put that away. But um, yes. you know, um it's good that he's, you know, he seems to have that desire, obviously, because he was played up front for Burnley, he's got that desire to sort of get on the end of things, you know. Um it was it was sort of interesting. Um choice to to play Corne and Bowen there there was there was possibly the option to maybe leave Bowen out but uh I think you know I th- I think Moyes I might have said it last time we did one of these Moyes has got a little bit of a mission to to do everything he can to get Bowen back in the England frame the same way he did with um um Joe Hart you know yeah, twenty eighteen World Cup. But he, I mean, but, I he just... didn't, but he didn't play Joe Hart on the wing. So that's the end. No, of no. <laughs> I know he was desperate. That would have been probably an improvement to how he played in goal. Yes, it would. Yes, but then I think you know, Bowen scored eighteen goals last season. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a team that is has been struggling to score goals, you're just not going to. You know, you're not going to leave that out of the side. I don't think, even if he's going through a rough patch, yeah. you know that he is one of your proven goal scorers. I think you're going to rely on him. Perhaps he could be taken off a bit earlier in games if he's not performing, but I can totally appreciate why Moyes pots his faith in him, just because, you know, the results yeah. from last season kind of speak for themselves. And, no, and but... you, you mentioned Declan earlier, sorry to interrupt, Phil, but, you yeah. know, you mentioned Declan not being quite at the standard yeah. by the ridiculously high standard. And I think, you know, you're right, down about he was so good last season that, yeah. you know, he and he did have those extra two weeks and all of that. And you're right, you're, why would you leave that out? And also the other thing that really struck me, again, not being there, but was how many times he got fouled. I mean, he really does draw a lot of fouls, doesn't he, Bowen? He gets kicked a mm, lot. He does. Yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he's very good at drawing them as well. He's, you know, he's one of those players who can really just, you know, ease down a gear, feels the guy behind him, takes the clip and gets it. Uh, that is a, a big part of his game. And and it worked for advantage last season with our set-piece uh, attacking threat, which yeah. seems to unfortunately have, have dissipated a little bit this season. It does, yeah, it does. It does. Um, one thing I noticed just in the highlights, match of the day highlights, was um, um, Skamaka getting kind of uh, fouled or wrestled to the ground by a central, central defender and us getting nothing for it. So I thought, oh, right. So essentially, large men at the uh, apex of West Ham's attack don't get anything from the referee. Is that is that yeah. how this works? Same for Antonio. And also I remember Colton Cole never got anything. Yeah, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really, um, you know, I don't see enough of kind of Manchester City to see whether like Haaland uh, wins every, you know, duel, wins a foul from every duel with a central defender because, you know, he's a big, he's a huge unit that must have central defenders like sort of bouncing off him and trying to hag him to the ground. I'd be interested to see what happens there. Skamaka, yeah, was just absolutely manhandled and got nothing from it, nothing from it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a it is a cliche to moan about the referee, but he was awful on Saturday. Paul Tierney um, take about uh, the first sort of thirty minutes. I don't think we got a free kick. It was absolutely terrible. And they thought, here we go, one of those games. But fortunately, it didn't have uh, that much of a bearing on the result. And in fact, chalked off one of their goals. So you know, yes, that's right. Yeah, he did for offside, wasn't it? Costa was offside. I thought the back four looked good, and I'm sorry, you know, as much as I love Kufal, uh, we're a better team without him at the moment, I think. 100%. Yes, he's struggling, isn't he? Um, in fact, we'll uh, we'll talk about this after this message. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. Yes, we changed the back four quite a lot, didn't we? Uh, yes, I mean, that's been the kind of byword for this season is just so many players playing at kind of six and a half out of ten. You know, it's it sort of, that's why I was sort of so, you know, uh, so annoyed at the, the Venom directed at, at um, Suchek because, you know, if the whole team's playing badly, he's not going to sort of suddenly jump out as a kind of, you know, suddenly look like David Silva. He, even in the games where we were struggling, the games where we played badly, you know, against City in the first game, I thought he ran around and tried to break their play up as much as he possibly could. Given that we're playing Manchester City, we weren't doing stuff in the areas up the pitch in which he sometimes snaffles a goal. So he basically was being a defensive midfielder and people somehow thought this was awful and he was having a wretched game. And these, these things become self-fulfilling, don't they? You know, once mm. the word is becomes, you know, like Suchek isn't quite the player he was, the moment you, you then notice when... He, and he did give the ball yeah. away a few times in the first half. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you think, Dan, but I thought in the second half, I thought he was superb, Suchek. He was fantastic in the second half, mainly because he was defending. And that is... Well, late runs into the box are, are probably his best strength attacking, but he is a very good defensive midfielder. Unfortunately, mm. he is very limited on the ball. And that is why I think when we are trying to attack and we are trying to chase a game and so many attacks sort of either break down with Suchek or, you know, he's not playing those 30 yard breaking mm. the line passes it's very easy for a certain type of fan to start throwing their hands in the air and, and blaming it all on him that's not the player he is no you want to defend the lead and you know have him sitting in front of the back four mopping up headers in the box and and intercepting and and doing block tackles he's your man you know he's he's yeah. Fantastic for that. And he showed that on, on Saturday. But if you are chasing the game and you need that creativity in the middle, he's not that. So you kind of, it is horses for courses. I think the interesting thing for me is Paqueta. And I yes. think I think Paqueta could be that best of both worlds player. Um, clearly his passing is on another level. Um, on the few times he got the ball at the weekend, he played some of those line-breaking passes that I don't think many other players on our team would see that alone try or pull yeah. off but he doesn't get on the ball because he's playing too far forward and right. i i can't believe how obvious this is to me sitting in the stands that Moyes somehow doesn't see it but for brazil he plays further back for leon he plays further back yeah. Moyes is trying to play him further forward and the ball is just going over his head he he can't play those passes if we can't get the ball to him <laughs> And no. it, it seems it just seems so obvious that I feel like I'm the idiot for for thinking it if Moyes isn't. No, yes, Moyes has, I mean, sort of almost declared that he wants him to be that sort of playmaker player. So, you know, in, in a way like like Paye or Di Canio, sort of further up the pitch, absolute number 10. Um, 
Whereas, you know, as you say, it's sort of a slightly more deep lying position with someone sort of protecting yeah. you. So a like, more rooking like position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Dan, but we also know that Moyes is very loyal. I know he's bought, yeah. I know he spent a lot of money on him and all and and all of that. And he clearly, and I think they flashed up his sort of stats later on in the second half, and the stats were really good. Uh, mm. Paqueta's stats were really good. And I suppose he's trying to accommodate players already there. Yeah. And there may be an argument saying, well, look, you know, you know, fine, it may not be your ideal position, but you're such a superb player that you'll be able to do that. And there will come a time, you know, when he will. And, and maybe that will be the European Games. Yeah. If, if yeah. he doesn't play downs, then, you know, maybe that is the time when he will try that out. Because, you know, you're right, Dan, it's not like he hasn't seen it. Hmm. But, he, I, but I, it feels more like he's trying to accommodate yeah. the rest of yeah. his players. Um, the change to the back four was interesting, isn't it? Because um, a, a few days previously, we'd seen the three all England Germany game with Kera playing at right back, and I was thinking, oh, he's good at that. And uh, sure enough, the next time we see him pull on a shirt, he's playing right back for us. Uh, you know, not doesn't seem to have blistering pace, but he's very good on the ball, isn't he? He's a very good passer, very good footballer, isn't he, Kera? Where do you stand on him, Dan? Because I, I, my my son, uh, my eighteen year old son, who kind of you know is massively into FIFA and studying stats and all that kind of thing, and season ticket holder and you know all of that, um, he loves care. You know, he really he, he was delighted when we got him and his and his and I, I'm not convinced. And then maybe that's the physicality of him. Maybe maybe that's something to do with it. I agree with you, Phil, that maybe that was a better position. But where, where do you where do you stand on that? I'm a, I'm a fan of him. Um, I think he is on the ball levels above our other defenders. Perhaps mm. Cresswell um, is probably Cresswell's a very underrated ball player. Yeah. Um, he can play the ball. You know, Kara is levels above Zuma, Dawson, Ogbonna, and as we saw on Saturday, Kufal even in in the way that he uses the ball. I think he he's a a competent defender. Um, the you know the 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 received wisdom that followed him over the channel was that he's always got a mistake in him, and we have seen that several times. Well, um, there was nearly one very early on, wasn't there, when he went flying in and he was turned, and had he flown in, it's a penalty, I think. Yeah. You know, but you know, so I, sorry, I was just endorsing your point. Yeah, you? no, and, and there was one later in the game as well where he kind of volleyed the ball across his own box. And instead of clearing it away from danger, cleared it straight into danger uh, from his his right wing but uh, right back berth. Um, he he obviously has that in him, which is why he's playing for us and not PSG every week. Uh, if he didn't have that, he, I'm sure he'd be pushing for a starting place there. Although he has played for a lot, and he does play seemingly for Germany every game. Hansi Flick seems to rely on him a lot. Um, you know, we we because of the level we are, we will always attract those players who have those mistakes in them. Uh, is he a better defender than Issa Diop? Undoubtedly, uh, are the mistakes he's going to make going to cost us less than the mistakes Issa Diop would make? Undoubtedly, he's definitely an improvement of what we had. He's not perfect, you know, uh, but at the moment, that's not the kind of player we can attract. I think he does improve us. And I'd be very interested to see what happens when Aguero is fit and yeah. how, how that transforms the back four, or will it become a back five again? Because clearly Aguero was the you know, Moyes' first piece of the jigsaw, the, the 30 million quid on the centre-back, first player he signed in the summer. He was looking to change the way that we played, 
one of the best passers in in league uh, uh irrespective of position let alone for a defender brought him in clearly to try and help us start building attacks from the back rather than yeah. get long over the top and you know goes and breaks his ankle in a pre-season friendly. Of course, it's the West Ham way. Fortune's yeah. always hiding. But when he comes back, it'd be very interesting, I think, to see what happens then. Yeah, yeah. I think I thought one of the little sideshows of the game uh, on on Saturday as well was that uh, obviously Dawson was going to go to, I think it was Wolves, he was going to go to Wolves. Mm. And, and then Aguerd gets injured, so he, he stays. And I thought Dawson played really, really well. Yes. Uh, you know, a, you know, and I, I, there is a kind of he does bring a solidity. I take your point about he's not a footballer in the way that Kerr is in that respect. Yeah, but boy, he gives you some resilience, and, yeah. and I just feel Zuma's more relaxed when he's got Dawson on, you know, on on the side of his. So it's just a funny little sideshow there that he yeah. may well have been yeah. playing for Wolves. I mean, I don't disagree, Mark, but we you do have to caveat it with we were playing the worst attacking team in the league, <laughs> and you know that that's not you know you can only play what's in front of you, but Wolves are. Terrible up front. So, yes. You say on, on that subject, when Adama Traore came on, mm. and oh, I, again, I wasn't there, but I know that whenever he does come on against us, there's always a kind of frisson around the crowd. Oh, here we go. We're going yeah, to yeah. get, get done by this guy. He's so mm. fast. He's so powerful. Um, and I remember a game at Upton Park when I think he, he he came on at the end and kind of turned the game and everything. But, I mean, his stats are terrible, aren't they? I mean, you, you know, he's, I, again, I looked him up only just to sort of – He's played 62 games in the last three seasons, and he's got three goals and two assists. Mm. But when he come, but when he comes on, mm. there is a there's an there's yeah. a fear thing, isn't there? Because he's so powerful, yeah. and and but you know, he was also on his. Oh, it was sorry, my internet is is awful. He was also on his way to Barcelona at one point in the. He was. That's yeah. right. But, but um, yet the stats don't seem to back it up, and, and, and no. a player with all those attributes. And, and we, you know, and actually we, we did handle him pretty well, didn't we? You're right about that lack of attacking threat. You know, we we, we handled him very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of, I sort of felt with this window was, uh, and various other transfer windows before then, that I, I felt that if we, it'd just be good for us to have like one player that's really quick, you know? Uh, that was almost my feeling about letting Fredericks go was, um, I wasn't sure that, uh, and I still am not, that he's not actually a bit better than Ben Johnson because he gives you a bit more because he's got that pace and he is a little bit more attack-minded than Ben Johnson. Um, and just to feel that we, you know, we got someone in who's, who's going to be a headache for teams because of their pace with the ball, you know. Um, yeah, and, I still, and I still think as as good as a result it was on Saturday, and absolutely, to take Dan's point, you can only play what's in front of you. Um, I still, if you if you did a kind of sparkness quotient, you know, we're not, we're still not. I don't think we're buzzing. Yes, we're seeing a bit more from Bowen. I mean, Declan got a yellow card, but we're seeing more of of Declan, and the new signings are coming through. And maybe you know, I'm being impatient here, but I don't see a team. I'm not looking at, and I know you'll come to it later on. I'm not looking at, towards the Fulham game thinking. We're back. We're 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 back on a roll now. We we you know we are definitely better than we were. But I don't yeah. I don't see that spark and you know as you say that pace that turner. We're we, we're still poor in transition and mm. we just we just seem just ever so slightly lethargic. You know and yes. I think if Wolves had taken a couple of those early chances, it would have been a, a, a different. You know where are we on our progress meter? Do you think? Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I was sort of thinking about the, the you know, the, the the sort of seasons we've had so far in this spell with Moyes, and there were quite a lot of, um, you know, quite ugly 1-0 wins. I think we beat Leeds sort of 1-0 twice in a season in two games that really they probably deserve to win. They were sort of Bielsa-Leeds you know, prime Bielsa lead. So they were a huge sort of attacking threat, but we we contained them manfully, but didn't play great in an attacking sense and sort of, you know, snaffled a goal. Um, but on the other hand, that is what often happens when a team is winning well. You know, Liverpool in the years they win the championship, Manchester United, Manchester City in teams years when they win the championship. A lot of those wins are ugly. A lot of them are 1-0, but they just keep doing it. And, you know, that's their style. But we... You know, it felt like we 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 had in those seasons what we didn't have in these first few games of the season, which was the luck you talked about. You know, it, that that the Nottingham Forest game, we 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 didn't play very well, but we didn't do what we have done in previous years, which is win with a kind of chatty one nil goal. We lost. Uh, you know, and, and, and I've, I've also got a classic football fans' goldfish memory. You know, the, the last season, the first three months of last season, we were pretty much superb, mm. and most of our big, great wins outside of Europe came in that first three months. Chelsea, Liverpool, those yeah. great nights, Tottenham, you know, were fantastic, and we did peter out. And I'm guilty of yeah. going, well, it's August, and I'm remembering last August. I'm not remembering April and May. Yes, so you know. And, and and David Moore said after the game, didn't he? He said that we did run out of steam January, February. It started yeah. like that, you know. So, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'm a, I'm too impatient. Yeah, I mean, but Moyes, Moyes has said a few times this is a transition season, and I think we have to accept that this yeah. isn't this isn't going to be another sort of run for the top six. Uh, you know, we might hopefully we'll have a, a a decent run in Europe, and you know, maybe we can have a go at a cup. But I don't think this is going to be a great league season because we are. He is trying to transition us to a different type of team. He has bought yeah. players who play a different way, and it will take time. You know, this isn't football manager it isn't FIFA you can't just slot in a whole new team as Nottingham Forest are finding out much to their cost at the moment you can't just slot in a load of new players and go no matter how good they are and go off you go you know go and win us football matches it is a tough job and you have to rebuild over a period of time so I think I'm like you though Mark I'm I'm impatient and have the memory of a goldfish and I want us to win and I want us to win every game you know comfortably playing champagne football I think we're just going to have to take this season on the chin and go, that's yeah. not going to happen. And hope that by, as we get to post, and also it's going to be a, a, a weird season in a way with the World Cup break. Hopefully post the World Cup break, see we'll start to see the kind of team that Moyes wants us to be, which will yeah. then hopefully puts in a position for next season. But, and that's but, what I'm I, clinging on to. I, I, could, I couldn't agree more. And I also think that the Europe, uh, our European campaign does become even more important. Mm-hmm. In a way, last year, there was a lovely feeling of almost kind of bonus. We're in yeah. the Europa League and blimey, look, we are doing well. We've come out of the group and, you know, and I think we were unlucky not to make the final, but that would have been great. It, it does feel, and I've heard a few people say, oh, it'll be fine if we, we win, the, win the conference. You know, we win the European conference. I don't know if we finish 12th, you know, because then we'll be yeah. in Europe next year and we'll keep Declan. Well, I don't think, it, you know, it's a cup competition in the end, but it is important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just to just to finish the thought, what, even though uh, you know Paqueta maybe isn't sort of playing in his ideal position, did he did he show much more in the Wolves game? Was he did he was there a feeling that he's developing and? Um... Um, 
yeah, yeah. I mean, his work rate is is superb. I mean, you know, he's he's not one of those. You know, I I think Pyatt is probably the most gifted footballer I've seen in my play for West Ham in my lifetime. But you know, he 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 wouldn't be charging around the pitch for ninety minutes. You know, yeah. if things weren't quite going his way. Paqueta, it <laughs> no. seems it's Paqueta, It seems to me is is a grafter, and he's got the graft to back up the skill. Yeah. Um, and you know, he 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 got through an incredible amount of work when he was on the pitch. He didn't get a lot of time on the ball, but he was tracking back. And and I think again, you know, sorry to labour the point. This. I think this all points to why he needs to be further back on the pitch. He's actually a really good presser. He's actually a, quite a tackler. He's not a he's a skillful Brazilian, but he's not a lightweight fancy yeah. dad. He is a grafter, and I think he could do that role in the heart of our midfield, potentially alongside Declan in a I don't think in the in the, the two of a four, two, three, one. But if we played a flatter three, Paqueta, Declan, and, and perhaps four nails in there. You know, that's a pretty formidable midfield. And yeah. then that would get him on the ball and allow him to play the the fantastic passes, which we saw in glimpses on Saturday. And, you know, they were the kind of through balls that just got you out your seat. And, you know, Bowen was certainly onto them like a hare. And I think, you know, it that's the it's almost like, you know, you can see the picture of the jigsaw, but you can't quite find the right shape piece that's going yeah. in. I think there is a, a nucleus of a very good team here. It's just going to take a bit of time for us to to work it out. I think that's bang on. I mean, in work rate terms, Paqueta reminds me the most of four nails, you know, in terms of that absolute, you know, several Duracell yeah. batteries and he's just never, it doesn't matter if it's the 92nd minute, I'm I'm, I'm chasing this, you know. And he, yeah, yeah. And I do love him for that. And for such a player with such great flair, to have that match to it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there, you know, it's going to be not just their technical ability, but their sort of confidence and their personalities that will hopefully grow and start to affect how the team plays. Skamaka's covered in fucking tattoos. He's obviously <laughs> got a bit of swagger about him. And if that sort of confidence starts to grow and he's starting to sort of feel that he's the main man, you know, he could be... You know, he could be up there with Arnautovic, who, you know, is is in that small group of some of the most talented footballers I've seen pull on a West Ham shirt. I thought Arnautovic was unbelievably good at football. Um where do you uh, both where do you both stand on Paqueta's celebration? The uh, his trademark kind of, you know, t- pulling his ear back to the crowd. What do we think? Is that is that nice arrogance Schumacher. or is it horrible arrogance? <laughs> you mean Skamaka or, or Skamaka? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure who he's um, he's silencing. If you see no, that. no, you know, right. I, I'm not sure who he's kind of you know where, who who are the people that were booing him or or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that Declan Rice said afterwards that they love him in training and he scores so many goals from outside and he scores goals from, you know, from outside the box. I mean, he's not a, again, you think of him as the, the kind of player that, you know, he's going to be a physical presence, a lot of goals uh, from inside the penalty area. Um, but it's quite clear that he has made an impact on in, you know, the, even the way they celebrated with him, if you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there was, the, the, you know, he's, he's clearly, you know, you're right. They're trying to send out the right signals, but I'm not entirely sure what that's about. It's not, it's not like he's Lucas Perez, who would be entitled to have done that, given the stick every time he came on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, it, I, I I, don't know. What do you make of it, Dan? I, do, I don't know. I don't think it's aimed at 
us particularly right. i think i think it's that kind of Boys? i think it's that you know silencing all the doubters throughout yeah. his, his uh, years right, right. of yeah. years of doubt and uh and and you know i think he's had a few troubles with his family and and stuff back in italy yeah. but I, I think it's also just that you know i think he idolizes ibrahimovic doesn't he and it's that just that cocky arrogance yeah yeah that yeah. he's trying to project uh he's a little I, too cool for school isn't he I mean, a little bit right? yeah i think he'll but i think he'll you know Hopefully that will, you know, he'll buy into the kind of mentality that Fournals and Rice and the Czech boys bring to the team. It's like he can't, you know, like they said about when when Jesse came, you know, they didn't let him listen to his music in the dressing room. They didn't let him sort of be on TikTok all day. He, they made him talk to them and they made him, you know, sort of, um, you know, join in with the kind of the 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 morale the spirit of the team you know and I think that there's I think there's big personalities there that will make sure that happens you know they want to put put Skamaka on the broom sweeping duty for a couple of games I think that'll that'll bring him back down to earth I wonder how clean the I wonder how clean the dressing room would have been done if they'd if they're giving it to him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got a couple of games coming up in uh, short succession. We've got Anderlecht on Thursday. Um, what are they like? Well, they're not at the moment. I just uh, Their league form is not dissimilar to ours, actually. They're 10th right. out of 18 in, in, the, uh, in the Belgian league. Four wins, one draw, five defeats. They've got 13 points. They lost at home to Charleroi this, uh, this weekend. Right. Um, They've they're, they've scored one goal in their previous two games, didn't they? I think they drew. They beat Silkeborg, didn't they? And they drew yeah. not with uh, Bucharest. Um, I mean, at home we should. Uh, sorry, uh, we should beat them. Sorry, I know it's not. At home, yeah, it? it's but we we should beat them. And uh, you know, those of us with very long memories would like to see us beat them after um, you know yeah. after the travesty of the seventy six final. You know, yeah, but I'm yeah. told that uh, you know, Ari, you know. Because um, uh, we, who do we? I'm trying to remember. Oh, we signed Van der Elst, didn't we? We, we signed Van der Elst. Yes. And played in that game. Yeah. Um, and uh, but they've got uh, um, they've got the Tongan, uh, obviously from uh, mm. top of the team. They've got um, uh, the fellow who used to play for um, Southampton, Wesley Hurt, and they've got Fabio Silva who's on loan from Wolves. So they've got a few players who know what it would take to play against Premier League sides. Yeah. Um, but we should do it, shouldn't we? We should do, shouldn't we? And, and, and I mean, that uh, obviously the Moises' first full season, this spell was the kind of lockdown season. And I think that that the home home and away advantage or disadvantage um, slightly went out the window a bit. But we were good away from home in a lot of those games. And in the European campaign, Last last year, we just arrived in a town and then murdered their football club and then came back home. It was sort of really good. It was, you know, we, we you know, Moyes seemed to set them up and the personalities in the team uh, seemed to be, you know, we're not we're not phased by the fact that we're playing away from home. We're, we, we like it. You know, we'll soak you up, hit you on the break and uh, win the game and come home with the points. Um, so, you know, I've got high hopes for that game. And we've played well in this tournament as well. That, you know, sort of second string players, Downs was fantastic in that last fixture. What What is, what is going on with Downs? I mean, he do, he wasn't, he hasn't sort of featured, I know early on there seemed to be a, an indication from Moyes that he wasn't quite as impressed with him, but boy, he was good in that last game. Brilliant. And, 
and he might help us with that little conundrum in the in the middle there as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... And, and I'm assuming if he's fit, he'll play, won't he, on Thursday? I'm assuming. I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know... Um, obviously, you know, like, there is that kind of uh, a team for cup runs, uh, and obviously Areola is the goalkeeper when we play in Europe, and it's possible that by that same token, Downs will sort of keep his place because he's done enough to sort of deserve another crack um, yeah. after that performance in the last game, which was, I thought he was fantastic in that game. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it'd be nice to, it'd be nice to sort of, you know, see this one off on Thursday because we've got the yeah. return the following Thursday, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. You know, after the Fulham game. So, you know, we could arguably be, you know, uh, Thursday week, we could argue have one foot in the next bit, couldn't we? Yeah. Although yeah. It, it would be nice if we could do what we did in the Europa League and avoid the, Sides coming down from the Europa League. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 And it'll be really good. And also, I just think that because, uh, you know, what Dan was saying and you were saying earlier about this kind of, you know, the rate of progress that we're making. Um, and yeah, we might be impatient and everything. I think Europe, our European games are coming along as kind of nice treats, if you saw what I mean. They're, yeah, definitely. You know, away from the slightly grinding nature of the of the of the Premier League, there's something about you know, yeah, we can we can do this, and we and I'm glad we've got European football. It is we kind of you know, it, it's it's a lovely thing to have. All right, it's one step down from what we had last year, mm. but but it it's it sort of um, you know, it's a bit of a treat. I mean, I think that those games have been, you know, they, they've mitigated our very poor start in the Premier League. You know, there was a point at which, you know, the, the sort of chatter on social media was incredibly negative. At that point, I had seen West Ham play seven times. I'd seen three wins, a draw and three defeats in those in those games, So, which is not as bad a run, you know. And, uh, and the, the two uh, European games I'd seen, we'd bang three goals in. And our new signing had scored, you know. So my sort of vision of the, you know, the state of the nation after seven seven games was slightly different from people that might only really watch, you know, how Premier League performs. Obviously, we have to do well in the Premier League, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'd like to think we'll we'll um, we'll win that game on Thursday. Um, you know, there's yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see Down start that game. You know, the the but. Obviously, Suchek and Rice can be on the bench, and and, hope, and hopefully, uh, it might be an opportunity for the you know the, the players that you know Ben Johnson's supposedly yeah. not that far away. Aguerd, I think, isn't that far away as well. Yeah, you know, in a way, they might be really useful games for those yeah, players yeah. to get you know to get some time under their belt. Um, you know, which is which is a nice way of looking at it, and we've got a yeah. decent enough squad now to to play a recognisable team. Um, without having to sort of think, well, okay, if we're really in trouble, we'll fall back on on some of the youth players. I just wonder if some of those youth players are feeling when it's one good thing that our um, squad is stronger. But I do wonder if the if the Ashbys of this world do feel they're getting whether yeah. the you know they're a bit further down the pecking order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it's Fulham on Sunday. Um, you know, as, as we say, I mean, we don't necessarily feel that, you know, a corner has been turned and the only way is up now. But, uh, you know, um, what do we think about that fixture? Nice. I, well, nice. I, 
I think it sorry, is. Dan, it is sorry, Dan. sorry, sorry. Dan. Uh, it, it is. A, it is a nice one to have. I think, as you're about to say, Mark. But um, I am so expecting another pretty ugly game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think again. You know, I, I think we'll we'll probably cut loose a little bit in Europe. Hopefully, on Thursday. I don't think I'm quite expecting as, as easy a game as as the both of you are. Um, I kind of remember Ghent last season. I think it might be like that, where we kind of yeah. rolled up in Belgium and had a very rude awakening, and, and in the end, yeah. had to claw our way back into that game. Well, hopefully, to be, to be fair, I never said I thought it would be easy. I just no. thought we should do it. But yeah. then that's why, as a West Ham fan, we always couch it in that's, those terms. Then. So yeah. Yeah. my my internet <laughs> dropped out about for all of your conversation on it. So right. you could you could have been talking about people losing their fingers for all I know. Um, but I think that uh, I think Fulham. Uh, I think we will beat Fulham, but I, I think it's going to be a, a, a scrappy old game again. Unless, you know, if we get an early goal and yeah. that confidence starts slowing again, then you never know. But the longer that game goes on without a scoring, I think it will get nervier and scrappier again. And we, you know, we're just going to have to put up with winning, winning, hopefully winning ugly, but ugly performances for yeah. a while. Mitrovic is a doubt, isn't he? Mitrovic oh, he? got a knock, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. he's a, I think he's a doubt. I don't think, you know, and they, they have had a few injuries. They will also have had the rest, whereas, you know, I don't think they're playing in uh, in midweek. So I think it's probably good for us that we're at home, that we're not yeah. able to, to go somewhere. And yeah, you're right, Dan. I was going to say, I thought it was nice opposition to have <laughs> at this point, because I think that if we are going to turn this into revival was the wrong word, but if we're going to turn it into a little bit of a role, they're probably good opposition. And, you know, they've looked really good this season. I mean, they've, they've defied expectations, yeah. but they did get a hammering. I know they had a sending yeah. off, but they did get a, they did get whacked. Um, and they will be looking to bounce back from that. And I just think, yeah, you're right. We, we probably should grind out a win. We should. Yeah, we should. yeah, absolutely. Should we do predictions should. then for maybe both of those games? What do we think about Anderlecht? Well, Dan didn't uh, hear what I said earlier, but I think six nil West Ham. Right, right. No, obviously, <laughs> no, but not an easy game. <laughs> no, but not an easy game. Uh, the last five will come in the last 10, 10 yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would. I, I'm going to go two one against Anderlecht. I think we'll be Anderlecht two one. What do you think, Dan? I'm going to go one all. I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a. Uh, I think it's going to be a tricky night, but I think we're going to come away with the point that we need, and I think we'll beat them comfortably at home. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say we're gonna score three goals again. Uh, I think maybe three-one uh, to West Ham. Uh, what about the Fulham game at the weekend? One-nil. One-nil. That would be me. That would yeah. be mine, Dan. That would have been mine as well. So I'm yeah. gonna have to go two-one. I think. <laughs> uh, right. I'm gonna go four-one. <laughs> That's quite the leap from one-nil. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. I've definitely been on, I've definitely been on this podcast before Phil when you've gone for that completely yeah. against the grain and it's actually come true. Yeah, it's happened. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. away at Swansea I I It was. I, I think yes it was. Uh well, uh, yeah, um 3-0 against Liverpool I predicted and that was our, <laughs> that was the score. Uh that was possibly my my best prediction ever. <laughs> Uh, based on my in-depth uh, knowledge of football. Um, well, wonderful. Uh, that's optimistic. Uh, very pleasing that we won a game of football uh, uh, after all this time. Uh, with me have been uh, Mark Sandell. Come on, you irons. And Dan Silver. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at Playback Media. 
www.sportsocial.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.